What's going on, everybody? It's Ross Twedley from the Holden Gift Football Podcast. Just to let you know that what you're about to see is a mahoosive clip from episode six of the Holden Gift Football Podcast, which will be coming out tomorrow, Wednesday, the 28th of June, 2023, here on YouTube, right on this channel, and on Acast, and on Spotify. But already, since myself and Jack Atkin stopped recording, Tottenham have signed Vicario, a new goalkeeper, and Timu Puki has gone off to America. So goodness knows what else might have happened by the time the podcast comes out at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. So let's have a look at this clip now. Thank you very much. Uh, David De Gea, this is a very interesting thing. Uh, David De Gea signed a contract extension with Manchester United only for the club to back out of the agreed proposal. De Gea agreed to a drastic reduction on his current. <laughs> we spoke about Marcus Rashford last week being a bit over the top, maybe, perhaps in the view of some, it's £300,000 a week. But David De Gea is currently, before this new contract was even proposed, three hundred and seventy-five grand a week in That's wages. Ludicrous, isn't it? Absolutely ludicrous. Especially for a man who's gone off the boil since about, you know, the 14-15 David De Gea poos all over the current day David De Gea, for example. Yeah, I've just uh, had a quick look, and he's 32. I thought he was younger than that for some reason, but he's... It's an odd one, because I've been bracing myself for, like, the last six years for David De Gea to leave United. He always seemed like one of those, especially when United's fortunes on the pitch weren't as good. I thought, oh, will, will they cash in on him? But, I mean, they've got all the money in the world paying for 375 grand a week. They don't need to sell him. But I don't know. I wonder what what will happen going forward with this then. I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's not going to sign a new contract and he's going to leave for free. Because as you say, many years ago, maybe around about the 14-15 season, maybe a couple of seasons after that, it seemed like all the world he was going to be Real Madrid's next number one, but he never got that move. Obviously, Thibaut Courtois got that move. He's come up later in the new section with some scandalous going on with the Belgian national team over recent times. Um, But ever since he didn't get that move, it feels like his form as it probably does with most players when they sign a contract of that size, you think of Mo Salah, is mm. maybe not as an egregious an example, but he certainly had a little bit of a drop-off compared to what he was before he signed the most recent contract he's onto. When you get the bigger contracts, your form dips a bit and David De Gea's never really picked up again. Well, we were saying this the other week, weren't we? Because the, the fact that he got the golden gloves um, for the Premier League last season, but he's, he's such a... I'm going to use the term mercurial talent... Um, he, he's either pulling off absolute worldies or he's just looking like a shambles. It's it's hard to read him as a player, I yeah. think. And I think a lack of competition as well isn't helping him at all. You think about the goalkeepers my United's had in backup. I know Romero was a good goalkeeper, but he never got a sniff when David De Gea was in the question. And ever since mm-hmm. Romero left, they've had they've had nobody, have they? Well, they had Dean Henderson, didn't they? Um, yeah, I know he's it, he's he had promise, obviously, but when he got into the yeah. team, I think it was during that lockdown season, wasn't it? He showed that he he's not Man United standard. He's a good goalkeeper, a good Premier League goalkeeper, but not Man United standard. When you say Man United standard, they had Roy Carroll at one point. Don't forget. <laughs> And exactly, then they were slipping down to the depths of third in the league or whatever it was back then. Um, but I will have to see what happens to da- to have it to, to, to have it to here. My goodness me, David to here. Where do you think he ends up if he does leave? Because obviously, Manchester United apparently pulled the contract off the table. Don't want to sign it. So where's he going? Well, if he wants three hundred seventy-five grand a week at no, least, then he's going to be going on a free. It, no. It's inevitable at this point, really, isn't it? <laughs> Which one's he going to, Al Ali? Al Ittihad, which one? <laughs> Does Al it matter? Al Ali are getting Mendy, aren't they? Oh, yes, they are from Chelsea. Yeah. That's another big bit yeah. of transfer news this week. Um, so, yeah, Al Ittihad, there he goes. Or could he drop down to the one that's in the second division in Saudi Arabia? Is he that bad? Uh, I, I don't, if you're getting paid out the arse, would you really care that much? I mean, it's not like it's... 
90s Serie A, is it? It's 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 a developing league. Let's let's put it kindly. Yeah, and if you want to know more of our thoughts on the Saudi Arabian takeover of football, look at last week's podcast, episode five, as we speak about it a hell of a lot more than we will do this week. Anyway, Tottenham are now denying receiving a bid for Harry Kane from Bayern Munich. Bayern are apparently the first club this summer to put forward a bid for Harry Kane, who turns 30 next month. Uh, 90 minutes, this story comes from, understands it was a £60 million, £70 million Euro package that includes add-ons, although Spurs have denied receiving a bid and are adamant that such an offer would be rejected anyway crucially from their perspective chairman Daniel Levy does not want to sell and remains convinced he can persuade Harry Kane to stay how wh- how how can Daniel Levy do that <laughs> um I don't know if he can literally sucking him off I think is the only way <laughs> <laughs> if Daniel Levy was gobbling on Harry Kane's primary striker I think that's the only way he could get him to stay <laughs> I, I don't want to shame Daniel Levy, but if I was a multi-millionaire top of my game footballer and I was going to get sucked off by a middle-aged man, I think I could do better <laughs> than Daniel Levy. I'm gonna. Am I gonna ask you for any names? I don't think. I, th- I don't think I should. Um, right. <laughs> I don't understand how Daniel Levy at this point, after what we've been through with Tottenham Hotspur in the Harry Kane era, we'll call it. You know, coming so mm. close to winning league titles under Pochettino, so close to European glory under Pochettino, then the drop-offs under the big names of Mourinho and Conte, and now with Ange Postecoglou coming in. Yes, it might pick up, but Harry Kane, as we say, is 30 next month. He wants to win things. We assume still he's still not really said anything publicly has he um so I, I just i don't see any other way it ends than harry kane leaving spurs this summer surely yeah definitely not i mean we we and many others like us have been saying that man united seemed probable and like a good fit and what are they I'm... doing by the way oh god who knows and it just Quick, quick little sidetrack there. They obviously had the, the little transfer saga going now with Mason Mount. They've bid yeah. fifty, sorry, forty million and something that was turned down. Fifty million and stuff it was turned down. Why they've just said sixty million apparently plus a little bit of add-ons and whatnot. That's how much you can have them for. Why don't they pull the fingers out their arse and get it done? Why don't they pull the fingers out their arse and get Harry Kane done? What are they well, doing, Jack Atkins? What are they doing? <laughs> well, you're saying there that um, ninety minutes are saying. Just- 60 million pounds, 70 million euros for Kane, even though he's in the final year of his contract, that seems really low. Yeah. I, I'm expecting, what, 90 million plus? I guess, maybe 80, but it's 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 Harry Kane, isn't it? I know he's 30, but the way he plays football, he's not over-reliant on pace. He's obviously plays no. a lot with back-to-goal and stuff like that, dropping deep. It's not the sort of style of play that drops off when you're 33, does it? Maybe it'll drop off, drop off when he's 36, 37. So you're still getting three or four very, very tippy-top years out of Harry Kane. So paying 80 million, I think, is, you know, about par. And he'll, he'll win. If he goes to Munich, he'll win everything. Um, the change of pace in the league might actually suit him, might even prolong his career. But with United, they've had some incredible strikers over the years. They they love a proper forward man, talismanic forward man, don't they? Um, I was going to say United are on the up, but they probably again, are like, when you look at where they were last yeah. season compared to where they finished this season. So the, there's the chances he could win stuff at United, but if I was Harry Kane, I'd leave Tottenham. Oh, big style. He's got yeah. to do it. He just it, it's 
how can anything be better than leaving Spurs at this point? Money's going to go up, surely, because you're moving club and that's just a thing mm. that seemingly happens. Obviously, chances of winning stuff's going to go up no matter where he goes. Bayern Munich didn't place Lewandowski when he left, and I guess this is them, them finally making their move, getting Chubo yeah. Motting out of this front line. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most curious cases in football history. But again, there was the rumours about Real Madrid earlier this summer that didn't materialise because apparently now, I mean, there was a bit of transfer news that just before we started filming here that I saw on, on Twitter saying that Liverpool are in for Valverde, 90 million euros, just so they can uh, free up some transfer kitty for uh, Mbappe coming in. I mean, you know, I'd love Valverde, but it's not happening. That's that's come out of nowhere. That I don't think there's any merit to that at all. Um, You'd have to give it a go, though, wouldn't you? If the chance, if he was, the chance was if there, was, if he was if available. Was the chance there, yeah. And our owners put the hands in the pockets. Definitely, would be saying getting him in the squad. But knowing Liverpool, I don't see it happening. But. I don't know. I remember the Madrid links with Kane, and I thought it doesn't fit in my head. I'm now I'm talking oh, about my It's arse. a straight replacement for Benzema. I think it does. Yeah, it does. I just, there's just something about it that I just can't picture in my head, though. You know, when you've like we were saying about oh, Kane at United, you can see it. You can see him in the shirt. You can see how they play Munich as well. But just there's just something there that I can't figure out with the Madrid one. Is it to him learning Spanish? Yeah, you know, potentially. Ungratis agree, poor favor. Have you ever heard Steve McManaman speak Spanish? No, I haven't, but I imagine it's fantastic. It's amazing. It's just fluid Spanish, but with a Scouse accent. It's great. How do you say Fletch in Spanish? I guess that's the question. Eh, <laughs> uh, Fletcherino. <laughs> Isn't that Brazilian? Anyway, <laughs> West Ham have rejected Manchester City's first offer worth £90 million for Declan Rice. Sources have confirmed once again to 90 minutes I've got this news from. Arsenal have been in with two offers but have been turned down on both occasions. One was seven, I think the first one was 70, the second one was 80, but West Ham are holding out for closer to £100 million, if not above £100 million. As you can see from the, the title of this very podcast, we'll speak more about Declan Rice as this goes on. But just going back to Liverpool there... I heard about this complete rebuild that was supposed to be happening to the midfield. And so far you've signed McAllister, which is a good start. But, but, but that, that's it. What's what's happening? The, the main ones we're being linked with are Taram, Kone and an outside shot at uh, Nicola Barea. Um, oh, he doesn't, but, want, he, doesn't want, he doesn't fancy the Prem. That's why Newcastle haven't got him. Yeah. Yeah, apparently so. That's, that was the talk on the air, on the tie-in. I don't know, though, if, if he's offered the chance. No disrespect to uh, St. James's Park and... Eddie Howe, but if you're offered the chance to play for Jürgen Klopp under those famous Anfield, like in the Europa League, oh, admittedly, but get still. get your scouse head out of your scouse arse. No. Um, <laughs> Berea isn't happening. Um, we're gonna, some of the fan base is starting to get a bit itchy because obviously we're not the most united behind our owners. Um and we were, you know, we had all these rumors, 250 million war chest. And then, you know, at, at some point someone was like, oh no, it's 150 million. And it was like, okay, we signed McAllister for 35 million. And then said that everyone else was too expensive at about 45. And we're just like, with the Taram and Kone stuff, the, 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 the line on Twitter was, oh, we'll wait till they come back from the under 21s just in case they get injured, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll do a deal afterwards. Um, and, you know, they're, they're bossing it and their valuation's going to go up. And at the same time, you just signed um thingy, didn't you? Yeah, and he's away at the under-21, so deals can be done. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We're preparing for the worst. I know that we've not really got much to moan at because we've had a successful few years, but 
we need to rebuild. And we really, really need to rebuild. But you're even weaker than you were at the end of the last season, surely, because you've let Milner go at the midfield. The Ox mm. isn't there. No, I guess it doesn't count the amount he's injured. Um, mm. Who else has left? Someone else has Kaysa. left. Case has left as well. I guess Carvalho he could throw in there. He's going to Leipzig, isn't he? So you're yeah. left now with, obviously, McAllister and Henderson and the young lad who I always butchered the name of. Bacetich. Bacetich, that's the one. Yeah. Or Bacetich, uh, you know. That yeah. lad, our Stefan. So there, there, um, there's there's three to get you through an entire season. <laughs> yeah. The main thing we need is we need, because we were playing Bacetic as in the kind of DM role, but that's not his natural position. We need someone to, so we can rest Fabinho because... Oh, of course he's there as well. <laughs> the beginning of last season, Fabinho fell off a cliff when for a couple of seasons before, he was arguably the best DM in the world and he was just had a stinker of a season. But towards the tail end, after he'd been rested a bit and he was coming back, we were seeing that out. Oh, he's just he's just knackered. He's still got something there. But we need to, like I said, start planning. There's even been some people saying we need to start planning for life without Salah as well because he's getting up there in years now. It's like if we're going to start properly building into this next phase, we need to be looking all over the pitch. You know what? Liverpool could do far worse than James Madison. And James Madison is apparently in advanced talks with Tottenham Hotspur over a move from Leicester City in the summer. Newcastle have been linked with James Madison ever since last summer when we first made an approach for him. But apparently, well, not even apparently, Newcastle's evaluation or valuation of Madison is different to Leicester's. Leicester, even though he's got one year left in his contract, wants somewhere close to 60 million. Newcastle want to play lower than that. Spurs, apparently there is a bit of a, a difference in their valuation compared to Leicester's 60 million valuation. But Sky Sports are saying there's a cautious optimism. A deal can be struck. That would be it's... a very good sign. I tell you what, the the, the one thing, because I'm not too miffed about Newcastle poti- potentially missing out on Madison, because first and foremost, I don't think he properly fits into how Eddie Howe plays football, because the way Eddie Howe no. has a set with the, the three combative midfielders in the middle, surely Madison doesn't fit in that, so surely he'd be playing out on one of the two wings, which I don't think is his strongest position. I think you need to have him right in the middle of the pitch, just conducting things the way he does. But also, his injury record's not as not as good as I, th- I think many people think it is. He's, he, he gets injured from time to time. Do you reckon that's, I was going to say, a case of him being overplayed at Leicester, maybe? Because he, he was the heart and soul, Jamie Vardy aside, wasn't he? But, yeah. Um, we, to circle back to it, you're saying, how does Daniel Levy keep Kane at Tottenham? Could could this be one of the pieces? He's like, look, we'll rebuild, we'll get Madison in. Or is this them spending the Kane money before they've got it? Yeah. Oh, what a what a lovely little tease that was there, Jack. And I tell you what, he's a very very good player. There's no getting away from that. And he's obviously going to be an asset to anyone who signs him. The higher up the league he's playing as well, I think the better he'll be. Obviously surrounded yeah. by better players than he was last season at Leicester when everyone down tools it would seem. Um, but yeah, it looked like Spurs is going to get James Madison across North London. And more transfer news: Kai Havertz. The first picture of him in his new Arsenal kit was leaked on Twitter last night. Is where sat here on the 27th of June, which is a Tuesday. Day. apparently he's completed his medical over the weekend there while Glastonbury was going on maybe it could have taken place there who knows <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but there we go. Um, he will be finalising his move from Chelsea in the coming days. Apparently, Arsenal are going to pay Chelsea somewhere in the region of £65 million for the 23-year-old. I thought he was a lot older than that, but it turns out he's only 23. He's about 21 when he scored that Champions League final winning goal. Yeah, I, I like Kai Havertz. Um I know he went a bit off the boil last season for Chelsea, but who didn't? But it seemed like the fan, well, the vocal elements of the fan base that I saw online had really turned on him. But 65 million for a proven 23 year old, like you said, Champions League winning goal, etc. 
I think it's a good move. I and think it, for him personally as well, he, at least he doesn't have to move house. So it's <laughs> yeah. lovely, isn't it? Let's get the tube now, Connie, just across the way. <laughs> um, but the, for me, Havertz, it's clear that Arteta must have like a proper plan for him because, it, again, last season, he wasn't that impressive in a Chelsea team that was faltering from every single position imaginable. Um, mm. But playing him as a centre-forward, I think, is going to be a thing we don't see anymore because he's just not one. Chelsea, yeah. the, the second half of the season, especially when I was watching, like the, I was live-streaming their game away at Old Trafford and he missed a couple of guilt-edged chances in the, in, the, in the first half especially. I remember one coming across and he sort of shanked it wide. I think I was, maybe there was a header six yards out straight in the middle of the goal that he didn't put in the back of the net. He's clearly one of those, like the three behind the front man, I think. And I think Arteta's got a clear plan for him to be one of those people. I think he's a confidence man as well. I can I can imagine if you're feeling you know down on your luck and, and a new look Chelsea where all these names are coming and like you're saying the fans getting on your back and not finishing your chances and an Arsenal that you know came close to win the league coming saying we want you you know come in we've got a load of lovely lads here it seems like a squad full of uh, you know nice fellas and Granite Chaka. Um, <laughs> he's leaving though, if, so it's fine. That's been rectified. Yeah, that's true. If 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 Havertz hits the ground running, I think this could be a monumental season for him. But that's a bit of a cop-out answer for me because you can say that about any player. But he, it'll be interesting to see how he adapts to, like you were saying, this new team, different system, less turmoil on the pitch, less turmoil off the pitch potentially. You never know. He'll have plenty of time to do so, though, because Sky in Germany are reporting that he's going to sign a five-year deal at the Emirates Stadium. He's such a silky boy. You know, this is a weird comparison. He's such a silky boy. <laughs> he's got an, an air of the Berbatovs about him in his touch and his style of play for me. Yeah, I can see what you mean there, yeah. Oh, he's such a silky boy. We'll just leave that there. Linger, just a lovely, <laughs> lovely... Silky boy. Right, Barcelona have completed the signing of Ilkay Gundogan from Manchester City this week. The 32-year-old moves to the Camp Nou on a two-year deal. Barcelona have the option to extend by a further 12 months. I can't believe it's ended this way, but it has. <laughs> I saw some people questioning it, saying that it seems like a bit of a, an odd fit for Barcelona. But, you know, if, if Xavi says, oh, he'll, he'll work in our midfield, you're not going to say he's wrong, are you, really? It's Xavi at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and... He's won everything, absolutely everything, the bastard. Um, and I like Gundogan as well. He's one of those that even even when I'm you know just really hating City, I'm just like, he's 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 just a really good player. Thirty two, that's a a good move. And I suppose he's he's not moving to the Saudi league, but whatever. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just it's strange how City would let him go, and he was so crucial to everything they did last season. But again, it might be one of those cases of he's he's completed football at Manchester City now, so now what yeah. else is there to achieve? He might as well go and try it somewhere else. And I'm glad he's not gone to Saudi Arabia because this next one is absolutely terrifying because Bernardo Silva has apparently been offered a monster contract to join the Saudi Pro League. Just in case you listen on Spotify or Acast, Jarkins has his hat off his head and is celebrating like the Reds have just scored a goal. Uh, the contract proposal could earn the 28-year-old up to £80 million a year. Sal uh, Silva would prefer to stay in Europe at this stage of his career, as he should do at 28 years of age, for goodness mm. sake, and would like to join Barcelona. Paris Saint-Germain may hold the cards because of their superior financial position. Uh, apparently, wants a new challenge after you know again completing football basically with Manchester City um, yeah. but he's still under contract with Manchester City until 2025 get Liverpool in for him you know yeah great he, yeah. yeah he loves us <laughs> 
he's a fantastic player though but again it's just it's strange oh, he's a great player absolutely this, great player yeah. this cycle this Manchester City team's going through now with the likes of Gundogan and Silva two first yeah, first names on the team sheet types from last season. They're both good, yeah. apparently. Yeah, but like we were saying earlier, if they can just go, ah, well, thanks, we're just going to go buy Declan Rice. It doesn't really matter, does it? Um, but yeah, like, like you were saying, Bernardo Silva, these links to the Saudi League haven't gone away because there's been memories about it. And usually if it's going to get shut down, it gets shut down. So I do think there is... There is... I don't know. I don't know if if his agent has said something to the Saudi league that's given him like an inkling of hope. Because otherwise, this would have just been buried, wouldn't it? Um, and you're saying join Barcelona. We were saying about Gundogan being, you know, not the most perfect fit for Barcelona. Bernardo Silva and that Barca team would yeah. be. He'd run riot, wouldn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. Going but, both ways. He goes. He goes both ways very well. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's it's hot and sweaty in your in your bedroom. Yeah, more ways than one. His defensive work is arguably better than his attacking work for me. I love seeing a winger track back, and what he tracks back, like few other I've seen in this game of ours called football. Well, like we say, if, if he wasn't such an arsehole, he, he he would fit in well at Liverpool because we like <laughs> you know our players to press and we'd like them to drop back and help out in defence when they can. But um, is that is that the former home of Luis Suarez? That team of not arseholes you're on about there. Well, it's it's not arseholes on the club. All right, fair. <laughs> yeah, we've we've had plenty of arseholes, <laughs> and now the only arsehole, well, Robertson's a bit of an arsehole, but like the only out and out arsehole we've got is Jurgen Klopp, and I love him. Yeah, I'm trying but, to think uh, of bona fide arseholes in that Liverpool team, and I can't. No one's springing to mind. Yeah, because it's it's one of the things that's kind of spoken about is when he turned up and he was seeing like what the attitudes were like of people. He'll just if 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 they're not going to knuckle down, he'll just ship them out. Um, Mamadou Sako, I think, was one of them. Like for preseason training, he was, you know, a bit late and trying to play it off. Like, ah, it's just preseason. And Klopp was like, nah, that's not going to fly. So, yeah, we, we, we've got a, a harmonious locker room. I mean, they, they were saying about, you know, Sadio Mane and Salah, there was a professional rivalry. He was like, oh, no, they're all right. Then Mane goes to Germany and he starts punching his teammates. So. <laughs> That was a good story, that. I don't know if it was mm. a good story. I can't remember what the, the, the catalyst of the punch was. It was Leroy Sane, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I don't know if they were just... Because he, he didn't he didn't take on it by Munich like we all expected him to. I don't know if it was just frustrations boiling over. I don't know. It's just... But, yeah, as we were saying, no arseholes. Yeah, but it is weird what Manchester City are doing, <laughs> just to go back to them on this Liverpool football podcast, there apparently. Go, yeah. um, Manchester City are replacing <laughs> the likes of Gundogan and his attacking prowess, and apparently Bernardo Silva with his attacking prowess, with the likes of, apparently, Declan Rice, and the likes of, officially, nearly, um, your man Kovacic from Chelsea, who is not mm-hmm. an attacking player in the slightest from what we've seen in the Premier League so far. Yeah, and the, the strong rumours are that they're going to bring uh, Gvardiol in, so that defence, so, yeah, great. Yeah. Why not, eh? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> He's good, isn't he? I mean, they've got oh, Calvin no. Phillips as well there in, in the midfield, but yeah, they're, they're replacing more attacking players with not attacking players this summer, which I find incredibly strange. Do you think it's just because they realise that if Harlan stays fit, he just scores for fun? So they're like, do you know what? Let's <laughs> let's kind of shore up the back. Let's tighten that up. And let's. I think they're going to try and go invincible. That's the only thing they've got left to break, isn't it? It oh, is. And the quad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh, quad. That just makes me think of quad vods. Up the vodka. 